This is Linux Reality, Episode 30, Useful Shell Commands. Hey everybody, this is your host, Chess Griffin. Welcome back to Linux Reality. And uh, for those of you that uh, tuned in to the uh, Linux Link Tech Show, Episode 155 last week, you got to hear me and Dave Yates from the A Lot of Linux Links podcast hang out for almost three hours, two hours and 45 minutes uh, with Dan and Pat and, and uh, Alan and Link and just have a good time. It was such a blast. I, I really enjoyed myself. I got disconnected a couple times. The first time I got disconnected was because my power went out for like a split second. I was in the middle of a thunderstorm. I think it was the precursor of that uh, Ernesto hurricane. But uh, and then it flickered off once or twice too. We got we got disconnected. But other than those little little issues, it was just a lot of fun. You know, we got to talk about uh, Linux and and just random stuff. You know, good old uh, 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 playful banter, as they say. So it was just a blast. I really do want to thank those guys and. Um, you know, just uh, if you have a chance to check out their show, if you haven't already, please do that. Please go to tllts.org and subscribe to their show. They've been doing a show for three years, and it's the first Linux podcast I ever listened to, and it's still my favorite. Those guys do such an awesome job. So thanks again, guys. Let's see. Uh, before we move on here, just want, just a reminder, next week I'm going to be out of town. Actually, I'm going to be out of pocket towards the end of this week. Uh, through the following weekend. So for almost 10 days, I guess. Uh, but, uh, I will try to be checking in. I, I think where we're going, we're going to have internet access, but I don't know for sure. That's why I didn't want to promise anything, but I can promise you this. We've got a special thing lined up for next week. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. It's still going to be a surprise, but I'm just very excited and I think you all will really enjoy it. So do stay tuned for that. Uh, let's see. Let's check out a couple of pieces of listener feedback. Let's see, I got uh, a lot of feedback this week, actually, and um, a lot of it dealt with the uh, Linux Link Tech Show show. Uh, for example, I got one here from Eric, and Eric says, Hi, Chess, I really enjoyed listening to your podcast this week and hearing you and Dave on TLLTS. You've both been so helpful to me, and it was extra cool to hear you outside of your normal elements. Please keep up the good work. I'll be sending over a small donation toward your hosting and expenses. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. That's from Eric, and that's awfully nice of you, Eric. I sure do appreciate it, and uh, we did have a great time, and I'm really glad that you got to hear it. It was just a lot of fun. Dave and I talked about it afterwards, and we were just laughing and just... Uh, it was just it was just a good time. So, uh, And then I got a, another email here from... Uh, Mandeep and Mandeep says, I just wanted to let you know that I think you're doing a great job on the podcast. I'm not a newbie by any measure, but I still listen to your show just to learn how to better explain things to new users who ask me for help. Your software reviews are also great. I'd been using XMMS for so long. I didn't even realize people had modernized it with a GTK two. keep up the good work. Well, thanks, Mandeep. That's awfully nice of you to send that along. That's a great, great little email. Uh, you know, I've said this before. I get so many cool emails from from Linux, from you know, from new Linux users, which is obviously the intended audience of this show. But I also get tons of great uh, feedback from veterans, people who've been using Linux a long time, and uh, that's very gratifying to get uh, to hear from people on both sides and to know that that both. Groups of people are finding something helpful here, so that's that's just really awesome. Thanks everybody uh, for all the other folks who sent me feedback. I've got you know 
a, a lot to get to here and several uh, listener tips, so I'm not going to play any more, but I just want to let you all know that I've read everything and read all your emails and, and voice comments, and I sure do appreciate it. So uh, with that, let's check out some listener tips. To start, press any key. Where's the any key? I see esk, catarl, and pig up. There doesn't seem to be any any key. Hey, Chess, this is Doug, probably best known for the trivia segment on the Slice of Sci-Fi podcast. I had a listener tip for you today. This may be old news, but in case it's not, uh, I'm catching up on your podcast, and I just listened to episode 21, which had to do with email clients. And in there, you were asking about methods of converting um, email from one system to another. One method I've used in the past um I would set up a mappy server somewhere, connect to it from your Outlook client, and just drag and drop all of the emails over to there, and then connect with your new email client, and you can either download everything via POP or, or through a mappy connection to that server and download all your items from the server. That'll work with most clients, I believe. So th- that's it. That's my listener tip, and uh, back to you, Chess. Thanks, Doug. I sure do appreciate that. Doug actually sent me another email um, he fo- sort of followed up, and he had said that he realized after he sent that along that he meant to say IMAP. He said MAPI. He meant to say IMAP. I think what he's getting at, and I think it's a great idea, is basically you can set up, you can open up an account that that has uh, where you, you know it's it's an IMAP uh, email uh, service rather than POP, and then you can just drag and drop your files over, and then drag them over to your new email client or your new email service. So it's a great idea, Doug. I sure do appreciate that uh, listener tip. Thanks so much. Hey Chess, this is Brian from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I was listening to uh, one of your podcasts where you had uh, discussed about finding Linux-compatible hardware. One of the things I noticed about this is that uh, it really centered about finding out what you needed to buy first to see if it was compatible with, uh, with Linux. But oftentimes I'll get a, a second-hand PC and I'm not really sure exactly what's in it. So. Uh, you know, at that point, it's kind of a crapshoot to see what's going to work or not. So uh, what I like to do is, uh, of course, throw whatever distribution I'm going to be using on it to see what works. And uh, after that, if something isn't working, I, I'll use uh, a live CD like Nopix, which has a really excellent uh, hardware detection to find out if it is even compatible with Linux. Because chances are, you know, if it's compatible at all, Nopix will uh, figure it out for you. And uh, at that point, once uh, I know it's working under Linux, I'll uh, use tools like uh, LSPCI, LSUSB, and sometimes ModProbe, RMMod, INSMod, and LSMod. Those are all uh, command line tools. So, uh, you know, first, once uh, once uh, I know Nopix has it working, I'll like to use uh, uh, LSMod which will uh, list off all the modules that are currently inserted into the kernel. And uh, I'll look in that list and I'll pick out which module is likely to be the one that is making the uh, hardware work. And to test it out, to make sure I have the right module name, I'll use RMMod, which will take the module out and then stop, you know, make the hardware stop working. And then I'll insert, again, the module with uh, INSMod to, uh, you know, see if the hardware starts working again. If it does, then I know I have the right module. And at that point, I can boot back into uh, my uh, 
install distribution and do whatever I need to do with that distribution in order to uh, get that module to load up, whether it's you know a config file or whatever tools your uh, distribution uh, um, has for you to uh, do that sort of thing. Um, also, a couple other tools, if you're not even sure exactly what you have in there, um, is uh, LSPCI, which lists off all of the uh, items that are currently uh, uh, plugged in, all, uh, all the PCI items, that is, <coughs> and uh, LSUSB, which lists off all the USB devices that are currently plugged in. And uh, in the output of these two, that um, often includes uh, such good things as the manufacturer and the chipset, which are with each detected item, and those, of course, are the two big things that you'd want to search on, ask around forums, or check your documentation for to see if they're compatible with Linux and how best to get them working. Uh, that's uh, pretty much all I had to add. Um, so uh, that's the end of my tip. Hope you find it useful, and uh, keep up the good work with Linux Reality, and I look forward to the next podcast. Hi, Chess. This is Peter from Vermont, and I wanted to share a listener tip for those users who are running Windows on their machines but want to check out Linux. An easy way to do that would be with VMware's VMware Player. You can download this from vmware.com slash products slash player. And once you have downloaded it, there is a link to several virtual appliances on the VMware website. And if you click the link off of that player page that I gave and go to All Appliances and just click on Browse Appliances, you will see a list of many different things you can download. And if you want, you can sort these by desktops. There's a, a bunch of select boxes. And if you click on Desktop User uh, at the top of one of the Virtual Appliances page, you will get a bunch of different Linux distributions to choose from. So basically, you can download this player, which is software you install on your Windows PC, and run it, and then it looks for an image, which you also can download for free from VMware. And these are just previously packaged Linux installations that people have made. And just browsing right now, I see there's a Zubuntu installation, uh, a DSL-N installation. You can download Freespire, Kubuntu, OpenSUSE, uh, Ubuntu, Debian, Fedora. All the, the most popular Linux uh, distros are available. And it's great. It's free. doesn't require any special hardware, just um, as long as you have enough memory on your machine to run it. And it's a great way for a Windows user to get started with Linux without having to format their hard drive or fear of losing any documents or anything complicated like that. That's my listener tip. Keep up the good work. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, for all those great listener tips. I've gotten a few others, and uh, so I've got I've got some to carry me over the next week or two. But please keep them coming, and uh, hopefully, actually, this episode might give people some more ideas. And uh, but but you know, just record anything you want. You can either just record it yourself, MP3 or AUG. You can also call the voicemail, or you can call the audio, and feel free to use those services. Uh, for your listener tip. That's perfectly fine. So I just, I really think these listener tips that come from the listeners are just so great. Okay. The, my idea for this episode was 
this is probably not going to be too too long of an episode, but my idea was to come back to the shell and to talk about some useful commands, useful shell commands. And these are commands that I use almost every day. And there's tons more that I use every day, but I thought I'd come up with, you know, with a list. And, and you know, while I was doing this, I was thinking, well, you know, this might be kind of a fun topic to come back to every now and again. So I think every now and again I'll have a, an episode on, you know, useful shell commands or something like that, and just as a way to, you know, talk about different different things. So let's get right to it. Uh, the first uh, two that I was going to mention are uh, two that kind of go together, and it's head and tail. Head and tail are two different commands uh, head is used to print to the screen a certain number of lines or bytes of a particular file. And tail, as you might guess, does the exact same thing, but it prints out the last X number of bytes or lines of a file to the screen. And this is very helpful. You know, if you're trying to find a file that begins with something, some text, and you just can't remember, you know, you can just do head dash N uh, head space dash n 20 and then the file name and that will give you the first 20 lines of that particular file just print it out on the screen likewise tail if you do tail space dash n 20 you'll get the last 20 lines now I, I use head occasionally but I use tail a lot and the reason I use tail a lot is it's very handy at looking in, in system logs if you go to slash var slash log you will see a bunch of log files and they usually all end with dot log and these are system logs that are kept by your Linux distribution automatically and there's an error log, error dot log, there's messages dot log, there's um, there's uh, uh, several others. If you're running, you know, Apache, you might have an Apache dot log or a mail server, you might have a mail dot log. There's several in there and typically these log files are set up well, first of all, they're set up to be updated automatically by your system. It's a cron job. Cron is a is a, is a way to to run scripts and things at certain times of the day or certain days of the week or whatever. It's basically to run automated automated things. And your system usually is set up to run a cron job to update various system logs at different intervals. Now, these logs are usually set up to continually append data to the end. Uh, so the log file doesn't get overwritten. It's just that new lines get added to the end. So they get very long and, it, and it's hard to, to look through them. Uh, so what I will do sometimes is I will want to say, look at the last 100 lines of the messages log. So I will do tail space dash n 20 space slash var slash log slash messages dot log. And that will give you the, you know, the last 100 lines. It's all that also comes in handy when you're trying to find Here's another example. Let's say you plug in a USB stick and you're trying to find the node that your Linux system um, assigns to that, like, you know, de slash dev slash SDA1 or slash dev slash SDB1, and you don't know what, what uh, node uh, has, been, has been assigned to it. So if you plug it in and then you uh, do tail space dash n 30 space slash var slash log slash messages dot log, in those last 30 lines, you will see, because your system will print uh, the device node that's been assigned to that USB stick in the messages log. And there you go. You just look for it, and you'll see it's slash dev slash SDA1, for example. So that's head and tail. Very handy. Uh, another one I use is uh, find. Find, as you can imagine, is a way to search through the file system and find a particular file. Uh, now, 
find is a very complicated uh and I'm really just gonna scratch the surface here it 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 does a whole lot of things and i will pr- actually I will give you a link to a good article there's a good article in uh, i think it's i think it's over at linux dot com uh about find and uh it kind of goes through a lot more of the options and the different things that it can do. But basically, find is, uh, the syntax is usually find, space, and then the directory name. And then if you're looking for a file name that has, let's just use an example. Let's say you're trying to find text files in your home directory. And they're actually text files that end with .txt. So here's the syntax. You would type find, um, space, home, maybe, you know, the, um, the tilde key means your home means your home directory uh, space dash name space open quote asterisk which is a wildcard dot txt close quote and then return and this will give you a list of all the files in your home directory that meet that criteria uh, you can use uh, obviously as I just noted you can use wildcards and there's a whole bunch of different you know you can use I think some regular expressions and different things you can use in the find command that uh, you really should explore um, in more detail. Similar to find is another command called locate. And locate is a command that that will search for file names. Also using, you can use wildcards and things, but rather than searching through the file system, which is what find does, it looks through a database that's automatically maintained by your system. And usually most Linux distributions are set to run a cron job to update, update this database once a day. Uh, and but you can update it yourself, and I'll explain how to do it in just a minute. But locate is very simple. You just type locate space, and then your file name or your you know search criteria, and it will spit back a list of files that meet that meet that criteria. Now the command to update the database. Well, let me back up. This this database needs to be created and updated the first time when you first install a Linux system before you can use locate. So sometimes if you have a fresh install and you go to the terminal and you type locate, it says something about, you know, the, the, something about not being able to find the database or something. So what you need to do as root in a root terminal or using sudo if you're using Ubuntu, and the command is update db, update database. Uh, So update db is the command to run as root and that will create and update this database. And then locate is the command that you can use as your regular user to search through that database. So I use those all the time. All right, next set of commands are another pair that sort of go together, and they are if config and iwconfig. If config is, I believe it's uh, it's similar to the command, I think it's ipconfig in Linux. Basically, if config is the command that will give you a list of all your network interfaces and some of the information associated with those network interfaces, like IP address and uh, packet loss and... You know, it'll give you all of your LAN information. There's a whole bunch of stuff if you type if if config. Now, sometimes if an Ethernet uh, card, let's say, is not responding or or something, uh, some of the commands you can pass along, you can pass with if config are like, you know, let's say your Ethernet card has been assigned uh, ETH zero, so Ethernet zero. So you could do uh, if config uh, uh, ETH zero down. And that will take that interface card down. It will, it will shut it down temporarily. And then you can do if config eth0 up. And you can combine those by using uh, two ampersands. You can combine them into one line. So you can do if config uh, ethernet0 down. 
and then two ampersands, and then if config Ethernet zero up. And that one line will basically take your internet device, your, your network device down momentarily, and then bring it right back up. And sometimes you need to do that to reset it. And it's, it's cool because in, in, you know, in Windows, um, you, you'd have to search through multiple screens to get to, to do that same thing. I have to do this with my computer at work sometimes. And it's like, you got to go into the device manager and then you got to click on the tree and find the network card. Then you got to right click on it and go to properties. And then you got to go someplace else. And then you got to, you know, disable and then enable. And sometimes when you do disable and then enable, it says it's got to reboot the computer. And it's just, you know, to go to all that hassle just to take the card down and take it back up again. And maybe there's a way to do it in the terminal in Windows, but I don't know how that is. But in one simple line, you can do uh, a command like that. Okay, that's a tangent. So that's if config. Uh, IWconfig is similar. It deals with your wireless interfaces. It will list your wireless interfaces, and it will list some of the some of the information associated with wireless cards, such as the SSID and the frequency and the you know the type of network, whether it's you know 54, what is it, 54 megabits or something per second, or um, or if it's 11, it will just give you. And it will also list the encryption, whether it's WEP or WPA, and the and the key. It just lists a whole bunch of different stuff. So um, if config and IW config are very handy and frequently used when you've got net network issues. Okay, another one is ps uh, space dash capital A. PS is a command that lists processes that are running. Uh, PS by itself, I believe, just lists processes of that particular user. So if you're logged in as your normal user and you type PS, I think it just lists the processes associated with that user. You can do PS uh, space dash capital A and that will list all processes. And that's very handy. It will also list the process ID number or the PID and that will give you the number assigned to each process that sometimes you need that PID to, to kill a process or to shut it down if it's, if it's not responding. Now PS dash A or dash capital A is, can be very long and more than likely it will scroll off the screen. So this is a good opportunity to give you a little reminder of the pipe less. I mentioned this before when I talked about the shell, using pipe less in various circumstances. I use pipe less all the time. Then, you know, the pipe character is that vertical line. It's usually above the enter key on the US keyboard. And, and what the pipe character means is it means to take the output from one command and put it in the, as the input of another command. So I use pipe less, meaning it takes the output of something and puts it into less. And less is that command. It's basically a, a, almost like a text viewer. It it will print whatever the input is onto the screen one page at a time rather than letting it scroll off the screen. So if you have a long list of things, less will display the first X number of lines and then pause. And you know you can use page up and page down, or I think you use the space bar to advance to the next page, and then Q to quit. And it's very handy. And lots of things that you're going to look at have, are really long. For example, let's say you're in the terminal and you type lsmod to get a list of all your modules. Well, that more than likely might run off the screen. So you can do lsmod pipe less, and that will give you a nice list of the modules one page at a time. So going back to ps-a, ps-capital-a will give you a list of all the processes. And if you do ps-capital-a pipe less, it uh, lists it in less, meaning one page at a time. All right, another command is top, and you've probably used top, and top is a command that 
uh, also gives you um, information about processes, but it really gives you a whole lot more. And I won't go into the detail of it, but it, it will show you your memory allocation. It will show you the total number of processes, number of processes that have been, you know, zombied, meaning they've sort of been left behind when a, when a related process uh, that spawned it has been killed off. And it, it just, it, you know, and the other thing is it, it's a real-time list. Whereas PS-A just gives you a list at that specific moment. Top, if you just open it and you hit top, you type top and you let it sit there, you'll see it change as processes come up and move down the stack as they get more CPU and less CPU allocated to it, you know, as they fire up or, or, or you know, settle down. It's, it's pretty cool to, to watch. It's sort of like a living, you know, uh, measure or you know, snapshot of what's going on in your system. Okay, another command is grep, uh, G-R-E-P, grep. Grep is another command that's very complicated. I feel like I know less than, you know, less than 1% of what grep can do. Grep is basically a way to search through files and, and things and to look inside things and to look and to search by certain expressions or wildcards. And, and that's not really even doing it justice. Um, it is a command that, uh, that, that can do a lot of things. You know, really in a way to, to think about it is it's, what, what it will do is it will, it will print, uh, it'll print things that match a pattern. And so you can have it search through files or search through other places for particular patterns. Let me give you an example. This is more or less what I use grep for for the most part. Let's say, you know, I mentioned that messages-dot-log file, you know, slash var, slash log, slash messages-dot-log. That's a, that's a great log file that just lists all kinds of messages from your system. And let's say I wanted to look through that for information related to my NVIDIA card. Let's say I thought maybe there was some issues with the NVIDIA card. Or I want to look in the error.log or the kernel.log. Um, but those logs are big, and you want to find the lines that deal with your NVIDIA card. So what I will do is I will, um, uh, I will do less uh, space slash var slash log slash messages.log pipe grep nvidia and uh that will or you can do cat cat is another instead of less it's basically a way you're 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 taking you're printing the contents of var slash log slash messages dot log and you're piping it into grep which is like a way to search or filter almost and you're asking it to filter out and to display only the lines with the word nvidia in it and that's what it will do. And it's a way to quickly get to the lines to see the information that you need to see. So I'll just leave grep there, and I'll let you find out. There's a lot more you can do with it. I use it for a few other things, but uh, it can we can probably do a whole episode on, on grep all by itself. All right, let's see. Two more commands, uh, also somewhat related. One is add user, and that's a simple way to add a user to your Linux system rather than using a graphical tool, which you can, but it's just so quick. You just type add user space Joe, and boom, you go through a list of questions, and most of them I just hit return. You know, I don't answer, like especially all those <laughs> like business-related ones, like room number and telephone number. I just hit return, and then you give them a password, and boom, you got a new user just like that. Uh, password, and it's actually P-A-S-S-W-D, um, is a command to enter or change a password. So if you're logged in as a regular user and you type password in the command line, 
that will prompt you for your current password and then you can set a new password. So that's a very easy way to change a password. And you can you can do password for different users too. I think it's password-u and then the username. I believe that's right. Um, and let's see, the last thing I was going to mention here is how to, this is not really a command so much, but just sort of almost like a little tip, how to um, uh, how to fork a process into the background. The reason why this is important is sometimes some commands you run might take a few minutes. The update db command is a good example. Uh, that might take a couple of minutes to update that database. And if you're doing it in a terminal, it well, when you run it, it sort of sits there until it's done, and then it gives you the terminal back. In other words, it takes over your, your window, takes over your terminal. So there's an easy, easy way to uh, tell your Linux system to run that process in the background uh, rather than take over your terminal. And, it, and when you do this, you get your terminal back right away. Very easy. You just enter the command, and then you do sp space, and then an ampersand at the very end of the line before you hit return. And the ampersand just tells Linux to fork that process into the background and to give you your terminal back. Now, one little caveat with this, um, I've noticed that if you do that, and let's say you fork off a process into the background, and then if you try to close your terminal window by clicking the, the close button in the corner, that it kills the process. I don't know if that's something with my system, but I feel like I've noticed that on every system I've ever used. Or maybe that's intended. I have no idea. I haven't really bothered to check it out. But uh, because what I... The way I normally close windows or terminals is not using the, the the little button in the corner, is I use control D. Control D is sort of the standard command to exit or to quit. And uh and if you if you have a, a terminal open and you fork a process into the background and you click the button in the corner, you'll lose the process. But if you hit control D to close your terminal, you won't. So I don't know. Go figure. Like I said, maybe that's intended. I you know, I don't know. But <laughs> So I just thought I'd pass that along. Or maybe it's just me. Uh, let's see. I think that's about it that I've got for this week. I know it was sort of, you know, short and sweet, but that was sort of the intent. Plus, I'm, you know, I'm kind of getting ready to head out of town. So, and, uh, you know, uh, but I thought this would be a fun episode to uh, to do. And like I said, come back to every now and again. So let me know what you think. And until then, uh, let's see. It's about time to wrap it up. Okay, everybody. Well, thanks again for tuning in, and thanks for staying subscribed, and uh, thank you so much for all your great feedback and listener tips. If you want to uh, send me some feedback or, or send in a listener tip, you've got several options. One is you can send me an email to linuxreality at gmail.com, or you can go to linuxreality.com, go to the homepage, and in the right-hand column, you'll see a phone number, a long-distance number for people to call uh, to leave a voicemail. Or there's also a link to the free web-based audio voicemail system. So you've got three different options there. Uh, you can also post in the forums, too, as well. But I typically am not reading forum posts here on the show. So if you want me to read something on the show, please send an email or, like I said, send an audio comment. Thanks again, everybody. And uh, as I said, next week I'm going to be out of town. There will be a special little treat. Please stay tuned for that. Stay subscribed and let all your fam family and friends know about us. Hope you all have a great week and a half. I'll catch you all soon. Take care. This has been Episode 30 of Linux Real. Bye-bye.